Welcome to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com. I'm here today with the Bishop of Bermuda, the Right Reverend Nicholas Dill. Uh, Bishop, thank you very much for sparing some time today. Um, Christmas is coming, so the carol goes. Um, But from your point of view at this time of year, do you think the meaning of Christmas is being forgotten slightly? Well, it is, in, it is an intriguing uh, season because it is absolutely fraught with sort of commercial pressure and yes. all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and you see it uh, almost immediately after Thanksgiving is when, is when things well, start to Halloween appear. Halloween is what I've noticed. Well, yeah, it's getting earlier and earlier. And I guess in Bermuda, because uh, Thanksgiving is not such a huge issue here, then I mm. guess that gives license for that kind of stuff. Obviously, we're living in a time when, uh, when there's a bit of a recession, so any mileage that can be made economically speaking. But it is kind of riding a wave, which puts a huge pressure on businesses and on people to provide f- what is expected for their families and it becomes a little skewed a little that, that's certainly one side of it there's an enormous social pressure enormous peer pressure yeah but do you think the actual meaning of christmas is being lost amongst the commercialism which seems to be growing well it is i mean the meaning of christmas is uh you know people often find in christmas what they want to find uh for some it's just an excuse for a party really um and but uh, that of course was not the original meaning no uh, no and uh and and the fact that you know obviously Christmas isn't Jesus's uh, real birthday. It's a, it's an official day which was chosen to represent, uh, you know, the shortest day, the darkest day, the day that when everything is dead in the world, mm-hmm. if you like, mm-hmm. uh, and into that kind of darkness comes a, a light, a hope. Um, uh, Jesus Christ comes uh, yes. in person, God in person to the earth to, to do something really extraordinary uh, for the benefit of humankind uh, and for people's relationship with God and stuff like that. And so that does get overlaid by all kinds of other stuff. And yeah, It, it gets overlaid. Does it get overlooked? Oh, oh, often, I think, in many homes, uh, people don't really know what Christmas is really about. It, it's interesting you get... Uh, uh, you get invited to to parties to be Santa Claus or to be a religious figure. You know, we yes. we, we vacillate between the North Pole and Bethlehem uh, quite regularly, and some people don't know quite really where Bethlehem fits into the whole picture, if you like. Indeed, indeed. Is this in your career in the church? Is, has it been getting worse, or has it been fairly steady? Well, it's it's been it's been kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I spent uh, seven years working in a church in England, and it was interesting there. Th- although Christmas is overlaid with lots of stuff, it was one of the busiest times in the church's year. So yes. lots of people would come to church. Yes. Uh, we would have back-to-back services, and even midnight, people would come in from the pubs late at night, uh, and uh, and sometimes you'd have to have guards on the door because I'm not quite sure what state they'd be in, but they'd be there. And Christmas Day absolutely crammed in Bermuda. Very different experience coming back home and finding that uh, that very few people actually come out people travel a lot you know they spend more I guess time with their families going to the beach waking up late on Christmas Day you know the sense of that this was a religious uh, moment to to reflect as a family had sort of you know I was surprised when I first came back to find that is religion losing ground um, in people's priorities. I, people's I, I mean, there's, there's always going to be a struggle. And, you know, you, uh, at, at one level, we've got so many. Everyone everybody talks about, you know, back in the day, when I was growing up, we used to go to church five times on a Sunday, used to yeah. rove around and all that sort of stuff. And, and somehow, through the next two generations, that has sort of dissipated. So yeah. people are regular, but their regularity is often... Uh, uh, you know, once a month rather than once a week, right. you know, or, you know, it, but it's not so much about church going either, because I think what's happened is that people have had the culture of uh, Christianity without necessarily the belief of it. Right. And so when culture moves on and life gets really busy, unless it's grounded in, in, a, in, a, in an active living faith, then 
you know, why bother? And, and that's what you're seeing, I think, is that people are saying, well, actually, you know, I've been going to church all my life, but I'm not really sure why I'm doing this or what, what it believes, and it hasn't connected, it hasn't made sense to me. And so now that there are other pressures around, uh, there are other things to be doing so with my time. Assuming they're being subsumed by the other, but by, by the other pressures and by, by the so cultural changes and stuff like that. It sounds to me what you're saying is people are still religious, but they don't necessarily attend church. Well, there is that. I mean, uh, p- people do say, I mean, it comes out, you know, whenever there's a crisis, it's amazing how many people come out of the woodwork and say, yes. you know, God, please give me a hand or whatever. Yes. Uh, and um, we find this... Uh, uh, a lot that there's a, there's a latent spirituality out there. A lot of people are turned off by church, um, by the by the form of it, uh, but are struggling to find meaning. And you need some anchor. But what is the anchor going to be? And where is well, it going to be? I about Christmas because sometimes yeah. the anchor is Christmas, and I just wondered if Christmas is losing its meaning. We're coming back to the to the original to the original question, really. Yeah. And to us, in a sense, it is perhaps. But is there any way the church can ever uh, can combat that at all? Well, I th- do they want to? Well, they, they well want to obviously they want to come back. And still, I mean, people do. Some people do come to church who never come. They're, they're regular attendees, and they only come at Christmas time. Yeah. You know, that's their regular pilgrimage, if you like. Um, and that is, I mean, it, it's a way of making. I mean, the, the message of Christmas is so uh, extraordinary extraordinary at one level, and it's making that relevant to people today. I mean, you look at, uh, if we look at the world news at the moment, you know, you've got refugee crises, you've got wars, you've got the Middle East in absolute turmoil. And Christ comes into that world because, you know, he was, shortly after he was born, he had to flee as a a refugee. His parents had to take him down Mm -hmm. to Egypt and stuff like that. So it's a message for the times in which we live, uh, times when there's hopelessness, when people are overrun by pressures. You know, we don't have imperialist Rome, but we have the the imperialism of uh, cultural ideas or the imperialism of commercialism or whatever that sort of takes over. And you wonder, where am I in all of this? Um, And actually, there's a God there who comes right into the minute de- de- details of our lives and understands who we are and how we're made and entered our world so that we can see what he's really like. And if we can get that message out, what is this, you know, where is the meaning in all of this? Where is this all going? Is there any hope in this world? And I believe that there is. It's just a case of how do you access that? Mm. And you need to kind of start young at one level. Mm. Um, it's not a me- message of indoctrination, but rather that, that it becomes part of one's life, if you like. So we're trying to do more stuff with uh, connecting with youth but also connecting with um, uh, with people on the margins of society. So, um, you know, it's no mistake that at Christmas time, our churches are full of people looking for help. Mm-hmm. They come to the church mm-hmm. still. Uh, we have a feeding program here at the cathedral that meets twice a week, and, uh, and the numbers have not changed. Uh, in fact, they go up. But at this time of year, they go up even more. And so you'll find lots of people doing food drives and putting hampers together. And, uh, and St. Paul's and Padgett, they're running a Christmas meal, for example, on Christmas Day. And... and at one level, that's great, and that's wonderful that you know people are coming yeah. to the church for this, but the problem is it's only skin deep. It's very skin deep, but also do you think they come to the church uh, at this time because they see the commercialism going on? Yeah. They see how other people are living. And they just can't cope with it. Well, it makes it makes their feelings much stronger, much deeper. It is. It is no doubt that Christmas is a time of extraordinary stress for a lot of people. Whether it's commercial pressure, whether it is because it is winter time, or whether it is also because um, uh, you know it brings up all sorts of stuff. You know, uh, Christmas is a, is a very sad time for the lonely, the bereaved, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. So we have and those who are struggle with depression. This is a bad time of year for that. And if everybody else is seemingly having a good time, and you're actually Actually not. Uh, you're in this little world. You know that it, it it just highlights highlights where things are not right in your life. These kind of uh, comings together, these kind of celebrations, um, and that's where the church needs to be in those places as well. You know, meeting people 
where that is. We, we ran a service at St. John's years ago called a Blue Christmas, you know, for who, a special service for those for whom Christmas is really actually an awful time of year. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. Some people didn't want to come because it was too emotional, it was too raw, but other people came and found it really sort of helpful to do that kind of okay. thing. Um, Have you repeated that song? Uh, we, we did it for a number of years. We haven't done it here at the cathedral uh, as of yet. We're doing something this year, which we haven't done before. It's a, a little sort of children's service in the middle of the afternoon on Christmas Eve, just to try to it's shoppers, you know, to try to say, after you finish your shopping, before you go home and open up your presents, mm. just, just have a, a pause and mm. think about, you know, the real reason for the season, if you like. That's interesting, because that goes back to my original point. It, actually, it, it gives them a pause to think. It gives them a chance to get away from the commercialism and realize what Christmas is about. Yeah. I was just speaking a few minutes ago at a, at a, at a group, um, and we were looking at um, the need that we all have to be part of a community, one way or another, for our, for our emotional, physical, spiritual health to be in a, in a community of people who are diverse, different, equal, and yet able to communicate. And I think in Bermuda, we're losing the ability to communicate with each other. Why, why did you say that? That's interesting. Well, I mean, it's the speed of, of technology is, doesn't help. You know, you have, you have virtual relationships with people. Yes. Uh, so we've got much interconnectedness, but actually quite a lot of isolation with it. Uh, the, uh, the, the breakdown of the family unit, I think, uh, means that people no longer sit around a table and talk together. Uh, there's, you know, there's intergenerational stuff. We're not really quite sure how to, and, and there's something about the tenor of debate and discussion that becomes very quickly goes from, uh, you know, me talking to you. Uh, we may disagree about things, but I, I, I tolerate your view. You tolerate mine, and we work at it together. We understand each other. We're very different. And now it's all, you're not allowed to have views. Um, and it's, it's a very sort of intolerant kind of world that we live in. We go to anger very quickly. Do you think that's more on, on the internet side of things? Well, I, you, you, see, you, see, you see it on the virtual side of I things, certainly. certainly and all, yes. all, all the blogs and all that sort of mm. stuff. And I would love us to be more mature in about how we relate in that kind of yes. environment. Uh, but you also see it on the, on the roads. You see it in the House of Assembly. You see it uh, uh, in boardrooms at times. You know, when we start treating each other as, as just economic pawns to be shoved around the table uh, rather than as real people with real issues... Uh, it's interesting you touched on the House of Assembly in various uh, columns I've written for Bernie's. I've, I've called it play, uh, politics of the playground. It doesn't have a good example, <laughs> does it? Well, I mean, if you've ever been to the House of Commons in England, it's a similar kind of thing. The Westminster system seems to sort of almost promote this kind it's of... It's notorial. Yeah. But it's because it's magnified because it's so small. One of the problems in Bermuda is that, is that every objective issue ha- has a personal component. It becomes yes. personal very quickly because mm-hmm. we all know uh, the people we're talking about. And, and, uh, and that makes it difficult to actually sit back and say, well, let me listen to what you've really got to say without immediately feeling defensive. Um, or offensive. Or, yeah, offensive, hitting back, yeah. Mm. yeah. Which kind of leads me on to our next question, actually. I, I wanted to ask you, you've touched on some of the areas. You, you, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on it. You've talked about how you see a lot of things going out into the community. You, you, you talked about how you sense things are happening. Where do you think Bermuda is at the moment? What place is it in, if, if you like, in terms of socially, uh, emotionally? What are you seeing? What's your kind of feedback? Well, it's spiritually. It, it, it's well. I mean, at, uh, it depends on what level you're looking at it, where where you sort of well, put your pin in. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, I think that there are. You know, obviously there are those who say that there are signs of life and growth and stuff like that. But I have to say, it has not trickled down. And there is a sense, there's a, there's a great sense from a lot of people that I see. And it's kind of, again, slightly on the margins of, of society who just don't feel that anybody is listening um, and, or taking their interests in... in, in in, and, and obviously, it is a complicated situation we're in. It's very difficult to govern. It's very difficult to bring a country out of a recession and, and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. And sometimes you have to make decisions which are unpopular or people don't understand. But the communication piece seems to be lacking somehow. I mean, spiritually speaking, I think there is a lot of confusion out there about where 
truth lies, or even if there is truth and truth and, is in God. Uh, it, truth is in, yeah, in, in, in God or in, in life. If you're going to dispense with the institutional church, well, where does that leave you? And for some people, that can, it's t- tied to God. For other people, they find God elsewhere and all that sort of stuff. So uh, there's a lot of uh, different pressures. I, I do still see um, hope. Uh, oh, there's always hope. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a great believer in hope and resurrection and all that kind of stuff. But um, I do think that there's, um, uh, yeah, almost a heaviness, a sort of a sadness. Uh, people are wondering, where is the real Bermuda? What is Bermuda really about? Where are we going? Um, and there are those who have a plan, but it's, it, it's about communicating that plan. It's about communicating where, what's happening next. We, do we know what's happening? Can we trust those who are, who are taking us on this journey, if you like? And, and I think there is a lack of trust. Oh, between who? Uh, between uh, the ordinary person and those who are, quote-unquote, in power. Oh. Um, and even those authority figures like, you know, with, with, with the church to some degree. Can we really trust Is the church as well? Is that a recent phenomenon, do you think? You, you're a, well, you've been here all your life, on and off. Uh, I, there's always been mistrust. Always. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the thing is, because, because of our human nature, because we are all, f- in my words, fallen human beings, all struggling to make sense of life and, and stuff like that, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect system because there's no such thing as perfect people. No. And so there's always going to be mistrust, and we're always very quick to label the other who is different from us and to demonize people that we don't understand. Or, uh, but, you know, there are times when it feels a little bit more tense than others. But is I mean, one of those times? Well, I don't know. It's, I, you, what I see, I mean, there, obviously if, uh, four or five years ago when the gang violence really started, mm. there was fear around. Yes. I don't sense that same degree of fear. Uh, so it's a different feeling. But it's a sense of more, a sense of... Uh, uh, lack of trust, a little bit of hopelessness, you know, uh, is, are things really going to change? And there's lots of signs that maybe there are some changes going around, but are those changes actually going to help me, you know, that kind of stuff? Or is it all just going to be about somebody else's party that I'm not a part of? So it does create a sense of, I see a sense of division, mm-hmm. uh, I guess. Um, I've wondered sometimes if there's always been, a, there's always a two-tier economy for like a two-tier system, but I've always wondered sometimes whether that that system is becoming further and further apart, actually. Mm. Well, it's something you see, you see around the world at the moment. You do see a greater divide, economically speaking, and in terms of education and access to education and, and all that kind of stuff. There is a definite divide. And I think education is a big piece in Bermuda, too. I mean, I think really would love to see uh, the whole education system doing what it needs to do in terms of getting everybody catching everybody. But it's, it's complicated. I was at the National Dr- Drug Commission yesterday and just talking about how do we connect all the dots, you know, in terms of providing a holistic uh, approach to, to caring for people in the island, you know, starting from the moment that somebody comes into uh, a doctor's office saying she's pregnant, you're looking at the, the, how are we going to care for this person throughout the rest of their life and their baby that's about to come, and what are the stressors in their lives, you know, dr- drugs, uh, broken, fa- the whole, the whole, it's a massive thing. Well, it should be relatively easy, shouldn't it? Well, in a Bermuda, you would think so, but, uh, but it, it requires people to talk to each other, it requires a sort of, uh, uh, the silo mentality needs to go, better communication, lack of, there's a huge duplication of resources that you see around in the, in the charitable sectors well with diminishing uh, giving yeah. you know one of the reasons we had to stop a feeding program uh, uh, not because it wasn't a demand but because there was no supply yeah. um, and that's that's the reality that many people are facing donations are definitely drying up and charities are definitely seeing uh, their cost increase so what, what I feel that needs to happen with that kind of scenario is for all of them to come together and to say let's let's see what are what are we doing well uh, can we pull resources how do we refer to we become much better at referring on 
to those who have the expertise to do the different things that needed to be done, rather than reinventing the wheel, starting something new. Totally agree, but unfortunately a lot of people like to guard their own feet. Yeah, well, of course, and, and they put a lot of passion into it, they put a lot of... But they don't want to lose it. No, that's right. It's totally understandable. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you, the church runs quite a few social programs. Um, What's the kind of feedback you're getting from those social programs, uh, sort of the, the economic challenges that you're seeing people facing? Uh, well, as I say, I the think ordinary people, the ordinary people, uh, there, there are those who are obviously jobless. There are those who also who, who are what you call the working poor, I guess, or those who are who have who've got jobs that it's not making it happen. It's not working for them. And, and they, as I say, I don't, haven't seen the numbers going down. Um, and I know that there's, there's stress with the, the provision of fin financial aid for such people and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and so it's, you know, we provide a little sort of band-aid. You know, we give a meal, we give the occasional food voucher, uh, we try to provide uh, sort of counsel and, uh, and a listening ear, um, but they still need their Belco bills being paid and they need, you know, stuff for their kids at school and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, my wife, she's involved in, um, in childbirth education and she's got connections in that world. And, and there are mothers who pregnant mothers who are going with that to feed their children and you know that's not good and so there's been a lot of support for providing mothers with food so that they are adequately able to provide for themselves to look after their families so you do see these things which I had never seen before in Bermuda growing up I perhaps lived a, a very charmed life but you know having come to Pembroke and now here I just it's it still it still lurks um, yeah well if you could wave a magic wand what would the church do about it well, I in an ideal world. Well, there is an ideal world, but uh, we haven't got there yet. I mean, and it's a case of uh, doing what we can. Uh, what what we'd like to do is to see, um, I guess, a holistic, more holistic approach. Mm. The ability to provide um, not just help, but uh, uh, education. Uh, the ability to. Um, uh, you know, give people the tools to to to, to survive themselves. You know, you, you have a, have a whole host of different kind of uh, programs related to people's needs, uh, uh, but at the same time, underguarding all of that, um, a place of belonging, a place where people can feel that this is a community that's not going to let them go and let them down, um, and uh, and that everybody within the church would see that this is part of their mission uh, is to be uh, sharing the good news of Christ not just by word, but by their actions, and that everybody has a part to play. Um, you know, to, uh, the, the church should be a dynamic sort of organism, really, that mm. is constantly looking outwards. Mm. Uh, not just giving handouts, but actually helping people to live Absolutely. in this world and preparing them for the world to come. Now, I don't know if you want to answer this question, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do you think the government's doing enough? I think they have very... Socially? Socially. It's, it's a difficult time, isn't it? Now, yes. and, um, and they have to cut budgets and all that kind of stuff and it's a case of where and how and I don't envy the position that any government is in at this time uh, in a nation's history uh, so um, without uh, saying you know we could always you can always but you don't want to be cutting things to do with helping those who are the poorest or you know, helping people get back on their feet you That's want to you want to point. you want to be uh, encouraging programs that are retraining that are mm. encouraging even making work available and that kind of stuff obviously it all needs funding yeah. and i'm not an economist so you know i can't sit down and say that this is what they should do to make it all balance and i also the, the bermuda is living in the world uh, and it's a competitive world absolutely so I, I was pretty staggered though a few months ago to realize that youth unemployment was running at 23% mm. and that was actually down from 29% that's a quarter. 
that's a generation that's going to be lost to Bermuda. It's going to sit on the wall, so to speak, be encouraged into crime. There's, I don't know, yes, you're right, I'm not an economist either, but uh, social programmes always seem to me to be something that shouldn't be kept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what are you going to do on Christmas, apart from the obvious? Well, yeah, there's a lot of the obvious. You know, we've got we've got a lot of services going on, which is great. Actually, I actually enjoy these times as well because it is an, a chance for some of the wonder to return and for and for people to gather and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's interesting that um, uh, I was in, in this talk earlier on. I was talking about the family arguments on Christmas Day. You know, the, it, it, Christmas is stressful, but at the same time, it is also wonderful. It can be wonderful. So I'm looking forward to our children's service on Christmas Eve. We have another one Christmas Day. Actually, for the first time in in a few years. Um, um, going back into the hospital. So I'm, I'm spending okay. my Christmas morning going around uh, seeing people giving communion to those right. who wanted, praying for those who'd like, and that's going to be fun. And the rest of it, I've got six kids, so you yeah. know what they want us to do. We're uh-huh. going to be spending some time together. My mother's a, a Norwegian, tree. so we've got a Christmas tree. We do a little bit of celebration on Christmas Eve because with the Norwegian traditions, my dad's Bermudian, and, and so we're having 18 people for lunch on Christmas Day. Oh, okay. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and my kids are home. I've got three away at the moment, um, and we're all going to be home together, so that'll be... Nice really wonderful, yeah. But um, you know, they were all keen to come with me to hospital, but that's not going to happen, I don't think. You know, uh, but you know, they're they're, they're a good bunch. Um, well, yeah. Bishop. Well, on that note, many thank you for many thanks for taking part, and I hope you have a great Christmas. Yeah, and you too. Thank okay. you very much. Thank yep, you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com, your 24-7 Bermuda news source.